a patron of Entertainment Landfill. Go to patreon.com slash landfill for details. Entertainment Landfill is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. Luke Skywalker is missing no more and he's got a robot hand. Well, he always had a robot hand, but when you see it, it's like, oh yeah, he's got a robot hand. And then you're like, I wonder what else is going on with old Luke. Hey, look, there's a new teaser for Star Wars Episode 8 and it's called The Last Jedi. Let's see what the Mulberry Boys think of it and other Star Wars news. Television, pop culture, it's where you find it. Everyone! 
welcome to another exciting episode of ETL News. But this is a special ETL News, guys. It's not a regular one, so I know you're about to turn it off, click, but don't do that. This is a special ETL News, a Star Wars edition of ETL News, where we talk nothing but Star Wars. And I only talk about Star Wars with one person. And it's not <laughs> Steven, the pop culture zealot. He didn't know anything about Star Wars. I talked to Mulberry Bill, the Mulberry Historian. <laughs> How's it yeah, going, Bill? <laughs> Sorry about that, Stephen. But seriously, I want to talk to Bill about Star Wars stuff, right? Yeah, you're my go-to guy. You're who? we are. We are the we are the Star Wars clansmen. No, that sounds awful. Oh, um, we are. <laughs> <laughs> we are. We're we're the Star Wars geeks. Yeah, Star Wars club. Uh... Club. Yeah, clubs <laughs> much better. We all knew that when Star Wars Celebration rolled around, we would get a Last Jedi teaser. And what's so funny, it coincided with the same day as the new Mystery Science Theater on Netflix. So Emma actually had Good Friday off from school, so she got up early. I couldn't believe it. She like walked out in her pajamas, and I'm eating some cereal, and she goes... You ready to watch Mystery Science Theater? And I was like, oh my god, you really did want to get into this bright and early. Wow. We put on the first episode, Reptilicus, and as soon as it was over, we were kind of in a funk in this haze, you know, after that, because I I don't know uh, if this is just me, but sometimes a movie, I'm entertained by Mystery Science Theater, but also I get really sleepy sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Because the movies are like in a fog, this kind of dreamlike state because they're so bad. And I was just like, let's take a break. Uh, I'll, I'll get some lunch and uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to another episode in a little bit. She was yeah, like, oh. you, you have to decompress from the particularly like the marionette monster movies. Like, yeah, like Gamera or any of the Gamera series. Like the five Gamera films that they've actually tackled Mystery Science Theater 3000 or uh, the Godzillas or, or anything, anything where there's a, like a Kaiju kind of a creature. (laughs) They're always really difficult to get through. Yeah. It's hard to binge MST 3k. Oh God, yeah, because it's it's exhausting. It's, you're watching you know, a movie, you know. Because even if, even like the first time you're watching it, you're trying to recognize references. Like you can't you can't really enjoy Mystery Science Theater three thousand until you've watched the episode multiple times. Yeah, because even though I I've seen every episode of Mystery Science Theater three thousand, I'm you know, probably 10, 15 times each time I watch it, I laugh again because as I've aged and as my culture or my, you know, my, my, my personal lexicon has expanded, I'll notice new things like, yeah. And be like, Oh, okay. I get it. So now you have these new films, new writers, new references. It's all very modern. In fact, there was a, a moment in Cry Wilderness where they referenced the um, uh, the British comedy series Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap. Like, how many people are actually going to get that? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just like... 
there's these, and, it, and that's way that it even, you know, just starting in these first three episodes, even in Reptilicus, I'm sure there's a million things I missed that just went completely over my head. It's like watching Mystery Science Theater 3000 as a kid again and not mm-hmm. understanding 50% of it. Yeah, they're referenced. I'm like, who the hell is that they just mentioned or something? One thing I will say, if we'll just get Mystery Science Theater out of the way, uh, since I brought it up. Uh, I watched the the first three episodes as you have too, correct? Yes. Uh, I thought that the first episode, I mean, I love the opening, the new opening and everything. And I was smiling. I was like, oh my God, it's back. This is real cool. I did think they riff way too fast in the first episode. Absolutely. It's just like, boom, 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 boom. There's never any, like, nobody ever stops riffing at all. It's like no silence in the first episode is what it feels like. Yeah, it's really rapid fire, which is completely different from like the first season of the first series because those episodes they just kind of let the movie breathe Mm -hmm. and they you know then they make comments and you know in the later days with mike and bill corbett and kevin murphy they started getting a little more rapid fire yeah but even they let the movie breathe though yeah yeah, but this was just like, holy crap. It was an onslaught of riffing. Uh, I don't think they let the movie breathe at all. And I was just like, okay, they're excited. I get it. And in fact, there's probably like a lot of writers all throwing jokes in. They probably had this grab bag of jokes for each scene, and they just had too many. And well, did you see? Like, after the first episode, I was like, good God, look at the writers. Like, I mean, you've got Justin Roiland. You've got Dan Harmon. You've got, like, I mean, just like, I was, like, the names that were popping out to me, I was just like, holy crap. Like, when you have that many, like, comedic minds in the room, it's going to feel like okay let's really try to prove ourselves here with this first one yeah and you know it is funny i just thought i was like they need to calm down a little bit because i don't even have a chance to breathe here to understand what they're talking about i almost felt like some of the risks were like starting just as the scene was ending what they were referencing or something yeah and even even the interstitials which is like it was like the moments of levity in the riffs mm-hmm. uh where it was just kind of a goofy bit to just kind of decompress in this one it was like they even go to like paul and storm and did that <clears throat> every country has a monster song yeah and that thing was just so dense to the point where like you could enjoy it but it was like i'm not I'm, I feel overwhelmed. Yeah. Like there's so many, like they're going, it's, it's so rapid fire that it's just like, okay guys, calm down. Yeah, we get it. it we was... love you. <clears throat> you don't have to prove yourself to us yet. Yeah. You know, we there love you. It's okay. Information being conveyed in that first episode. Yeah. And I thought the second episode, Cry Wilderness, uh, the movie is hilarious. It's some weird Bigfoot movie, but it's a friendly Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's it's, <laughs> it's so, so bizarre. bizarre. I was like, I it had to be like I was as I'm watching it. I'm like, this has to be Canadian. Like I don't know, I don't know where it was from. I haven't looked up anything about it, but it just felt very, very Canadian. Yeah, uh, like like. 
final sacrifice Canadian. Yeah, Emma got excited because they referenced Rouse Dower. Yeah. Go, Rouse Dower? <laughs> and nope. uh, she, that's her favorite States. mystery oh. science theater, so she got really excited well, about it's it. Like, that's easily in my top five. Yeah. Like, I mean, off the top of my head, just like King Dinosaurs, number one, Final Sacrifice, number two, you know, just those are those are classics. And we had a lot of uh, – I, I think that they calmed down a little bit. There is a lot of riffing, of course. Uh, I think my main problem is the new Tom Servo voice is discerning him from Jonah Ray's voice, kind of separating as three different people. And yeah. I think I – I did that much better in the third episode, Time Travelers, where I'm like, okay, that's Tom Servo talking. I kind of get used to it. the guy who does Crow. He does a good job because he sounds very Crowish. Yeah, so, he sounds very Crowish. So I'm on board right away with him. But the Tom Servo guy, he sounds so different that I've had to get and used Crow-ish, to. Him. I mean, like, 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 uh, like Trace Ball, you Crowish. Mm-hmm. Like he's got kind of like a higher. It's like if Trace Bolu had a higher pitch of voice. Yeah, you know, it's not it's, it's not Bill Corbett. Bill Corbett was very his own crow, but yeah, it's it's definitely Trace Bolu crow. What do you think of the little? Uh, they do the little almost commercial break, but it's not really a commercial break because it's on Netflix. Well, see, that's what I was trying to understand. Like the first one that happened, I was like. Okay, so they're doing commercial breaks. So is their plan once, you know, the contract expires with Netflix to take it to Comedy Central or someplace? Like I didn't under I didn't quite understand what they were doing. Yeah. I and I I, I it's it's just it's different and it's something I'm going to have to get used to, but you go from something that was so simple and so low budget to something that obviously has a much larger budget and there's so much going on. Like even in the, even in those little commercial breaks, you've got the bone band playing and stuff going on. Uh And it's just like, there's just so much. Yeah. um, I almost felt like he was doing that just to break up the riff, have little, uh, you know, little breaks in between maybe. Yeah. And kind of like honoring the original uh, that had commercial breaks, even though it's, you know, almost like, okay, this feels too different on Netflix. They don't even go to commercial, maybe to to replace, to have that, you know, and, you know, they have the little bits with the bots and stuff. And like I said, you know, we're only three episodes in, there's 14 episodes. So out of each of the riffs, I've had some good laughs in there. I'm waiting for the... I'm hoping there's one good episode that's like, oh, this is a classic. You know, this is an instant classic kind of episode. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, that's um, – I'm – I haven't even looked up – like I started the fourth episode, Avalanche, but I'm not enough into it to – like I started it while I was half asleep. So yeah. I'm just going to have to start it over again because I just don't – I didn't have the time. It was like Sunday night – had to get up at 5 a.m. I was like, I just want a little, just a little more. Uh, and uh, I mean, there's, it's promising, but um, it's, uh, yeah, I'm waiting for that moment where I just crack up laughing. Yeah. And, you know, the, I've seen, you know, there's been a few cameos and that's fun. And I think Patton Oswald and uh, 
Felicia Day, they're doing a good job of the Mads, you know. Yeah, they're having fun. Yeah, they're having fun. Uh, part of me wonders, I, I know I'm not supposed to think like this at, in an editing mentality, but I'm like, did they film all their bits in like one weekend and then they just separate them to the rest of the episodes, you know? Filmed- I almost have to think like they did. Yeah, because just you... because this thing was produced so quickly. Yeah, it's just like, okay, here's all your scenes. This is episode one, and we want you guys to do this. Okay, you were done with that. Okay, now let's episode two. You guys are doing this. I almost felt feel like it's that's how they did it. <laughs> but I don't yeah. want to think that way because I'm like, it's, I'm ruining it for myself as I'm watching it, you know, that they filmed it all in one weekend or some shit like that, you know. Well, I would, I'm sure they filmed it very quickly. Yeah. I'm sure they spent most of the time on the writing of the riffs to begin with, you know. Yeah. But I'm having fun. I'm glad it's back, and I hope it leads to more, because I think the world needs more mystery science theater. We need that escapism and just to have a good time and some laughter, you know? Yeah, it's. I've been, I've been very, very happy. I think everybody's done a great job. Uh, it'll settle in, I think. I... I don't know how many people have actually binged all 14 episodes, being that each one is, you know, anywhere from an hour and a half to... What is the runtime? I haven't even been paying attention. Um, like, uh, they've been uh, nearly... One was like uh, 74 minutes, I believe. Okay. I think that was the most... Re- uh, Time Travelers was, something like that. Because okay, Heather was yeah. like, I'll watch this with you. How long is it? I'm like, oh boy, she's going to fall asleep during this. <laughs> but uh, Emma's like, when are we going to watch another one? And I go, hey, hey, there's no rush. There's yeah. 14 episodes. We could knock one out this weekend, save another for another weekend. There's not going to be another season for a while. This is it. Why do we have to watch it all at once? Let's spread it out. You know, we have yeah, absolutely. Let's watch one a week. You know, just like the TV show when it was on before. You don't have to watch them all at once. Yeah, and- that's kind of what I'm settling into. I just binged this weekend because I knew I had a chance. I didn't have anything to do. I didn't have to really, you know, it was it was a crappy weekend. So just stayed in and watched MST3K as much as I could. And I guess that's where I was leading to originally. We watched that first episode. There was a break, you know, we took a break, and then I see you said the new teaser's up. And I go, oh, 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 holy shit. You know, while I was hibernating watching Mystery Science Theater, there's a new teaser trailer for Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. So I, like, key that sucker up, and I watch it immediately. And uh, how many times have you watched the trailer, Bill? Um, Probably, like, 10 or 15 times. See, just to I, wrap my mind around it. I've I've had a difficult time with this teaser, uh, to be honest with you. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with it was such a high of episode seven where the trailer was like, holy shit. You know, I was like freaking out. This trailer, I was more like, hmm. I didn't have like a holy shit kind of moment. And I was kind of struggling with that. I was like, Jason... Why aren't you getting, why aren't you freaking out over this trailer? And I was like watching it again. Okay, let me start it over again. And I'm watching it. I'm like, okay, okay. And I'm like, I'm not getting hyped up, Bill. I don't know what the deal is. And I know it's, I'm not saying I don't think the movie's going to be good. Of course, it's going to be a, a good Star Wars movie. What I'm saying is the trailer didn't 
make me go nuts. I was a little underwhelmed by the trailer, and I'm shocked that I feel that way. I almost feel guilty that I feel that way. No, it's a very subdued trailer. Yeah, it is. It's very... It's not like... It It doesn't have any of those moments like the first teaser had. Yeah, like of we like know this, who Ray is. What we know is Finn this? Is. This this brand new world. What is this planet? Who's this black dude? Who's, yeah, yeah. The, we yeah, knew, like who's you know wh- who's this voice? Is that Luke? What's going on? What's the, oh my god? There's an X wing. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's Han Solo. Oh my god! It's Chewbacca. Like yeah. this one is just kind of like okay, we've 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 reached this plateau from the first film, and now. Where could it go? What are it just it it felt it felt like they didn't want to tell us anything. Yeah, yeah. So it just felt like we were watching an epilogue of of Force Awakens. Yeah, we're definitely not getting much information. I mean, everything we see with Ray and Luke we could imagine something like that's going to happen before seeing a frame of the movie. Like, okay, she's going to be on this island with Luke, and he's going to probably teach her some stuff. But we do hear about the, you know, what do you see? You see light. You see dark. And we see the the most intriguing thing about the whole trailer to me is that a bookshelf. First of all, are, have we ever seen a bookshelf in a Star Wars anything no. before? Nobody no. has books. They all have data pads and holograms and stuff like that. But there's a shelf with books on it, right? Yeah. And uh, at one point at the end of the trailer, Luke says, the Jedi, it's time for the Jedi to end. Or what does he say exactly? Something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's time for the Jedi to end. And, you know, it's kind of like, <gasps> And he's standing what? in like a like a... Like a cave entrance, like right. like Yoda. So, you and I have talked about this quite a bit before, because with the uh, the Force Awakens, we wondered, oh, will they get into this and stuff like that? And that is something they've dealt with in the books, which is the light side, dark side thing doesn't really work. The way the Jedi yeah. did everything we saw in the prequels, it didn't really work. We've talked about the idea of being in between light and dark you know the jedi in the prequels were boring they were kind of lame they sat in a circle a circle jerk or whatever then there's the extreme evil of the sith what about in the middle when luke says the time of the jedi needs to end or whatever maybe he's talking about this walking in the middle line you know yeah and it's what uh in the God, was it the the New Jedi Order series of books uh-huh. with uh, Jason and Jaina and Anakin Solo? Jason goes on that path where he starts to discover that, and, and uh, he's led by a I can't even remember what species it was, but its name was Verger. It was like a kind of like a bird like Yoda, and it was what was considered a dark Jedi. Like, it, it, 
they hover between that light and dark, but they touch anger and they touch fear and they touch hate, but they also touch the light side and they just kind of blend them both. And Jason kind of discovers that in his travels that there is no, you know, there is no light, there is no dark, there only is a balance. And right. if you go too light, you're ineffective. If you go too dark, you become consumed by the darkness. So there's just a balance where to be truly effective, you have to walk that line, but it's incredibly difficult. And eventually Jason falls to the dark side, becomes Darth Cadus and basically tries to do what Kylo Ren is doing right now. Yeah. Because I'm thinking of what can they like in the story of the last Jedi, where can they go? Is every new story of Star Wars going to be someone who's force sensitive, they're tempted by the dark side, and they either don't turn to the dark side or they do. You've got to have some kind of change up, right? You got to do yeah, something absolutely. different. You can't keep repeating the same story, can you? No. So I'm wondering, uh, I, I like this introduction of. Uh, I mean, they don't go outright say that in the trailer, but that's where I think they're going. Do you think that too? Yeah, I, you know, and, and when he says it's time for the Jedi to end, the Jedi as an order were a a disaster. You yeah. know, we we saw that. I mean, at least George Lucas was able to show that to us somewhat effectively in the prequels. I mean, even. If he didn't intend to, uh, maybe even if it was just shitty storytelling, he, <laughs> he, he, I mean, I, I don't want to give him too much credit, but just looking at the way the Jedi operated through the, uh, the Phantom Menace to attack the clones to revenge the Sith, it just showed that they were incompetent and so self-consumed with being righteous being these light side zealots that they were blinded by uh what was right in front of them the entire time being boring (laughs) yeah they're boring they were just freaking boring let's all just sit around and talk about how great we are at the top of this tower and uh, instead of like giving people a chance or, you know, you know, like, you're, oh, he's too, don't train him. And then Obi-Wan's like, at least Obi-Wan was like, oh, you guys are out of your mind. This kid, you know, he might be, he might be the one he might not be, but I'm going to give it a shot anyways. You know, so it just, it's the Jedi as an order. And even through the books, it talks about, you know, how the Jedi as an order were, were failures they were uh always you know they're almost like i consider the jedi to be very similar to the autobots in the transformers cartoons (laughs) where for some freaking reason the decepticons were always one step ahead of the autobots yeah like always like i was watching it going why are the decept why are the autobots so stupid why does it take until in 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 a crisis for them to go oh shit that's what oh well i guess now we're just going to have to deal with the situation that we've created right you know instead of you know having any foresight so i 
yeah, I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes as in the last Jedi as you know, the Jedi Order itself is no more, or because certainly they're still force sensitive beings in the galaxy. Yeah. And I'm so sick of the stories of who is the last Jedi? It's Luke, everybody. Stop asking that. Don't ask the director to clarify. Is it more than one Jedi? Or who is it? No, Luke is the last Jedi. How hard is this? It's just, it's just a title. What, what do you think? You know, it's like whenever, um, a reporter told Ewan McGregor on a red carpet that the, the title to the the second prequel was going to be Attack of the Clones, and he just looked at Nicole Kidman and was like, what? <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. It's inconsequential. Just let the story continue. Yeah. You know, it's 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 tickling your ass with a feather. You know, don't... I do don't like the title. I do like the title. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. I think it's it's you know very Empire Strikes Back. It's you know it, there's a there's a negativity to it, but a hopefulness. Like it's like, well, what's you know we don't know. We will, and, and certainly the teaser, we don't know a single friggin' thing other than the fact that we've got another shot of flying plane things going over very low to land and there instead of water it's red smoke you know it's very reminiscent to the shot from the force awakens trailer yeah well there's uh you know we obviously there's going to be a conflict between the resistance of first order going on we see a little bit of poe dameron we see uh Hack on a, the base that Poe Dameron is in with BB-8. Yeah, it looks like he's going to blow up and die in that scene. Uh, Finn, he's in suspended animation or something, so he's not in the movie at all, right? Uh, he's just asleep the entire movie. He's asleep. <laughs> uh, but there's just Burster in him, so they're keeping him in suspended <laughs> animation. Burster, yeah. So there's Luke and Ray on this planet. And he's going to be training her or something, or he's going to be cynical the whole time. And they're going to have one of those relationships where eventually he warms to her or something. I don't know. I really hope they don't go that route. Like, I don't want Luke being like the, the emo dick. Yeah. He's just, well, I just point? can't, I want him to be hopeful and vibrant and, you know, Yoda esque, but not Yoda. You know, yeah, I want him to be Luke. You know, he's yeah, going to talk exactly. about Toshi Station or something. Yeah, I want, I want a little bit well, of hope. To you know, I, I don't burdens. want, I don't want sad, brooding Luke. I really don't. Yeah, I have a feeling he is going to be though. He looks like he is. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping that's like a smoke screen. Yeah. So, because when you think about Obi Wan, whenever he came across Obi Wan, Obi Wan was like, you know. Mr. Crate Dragon Yelly He was I'm a little just, I'm just an old dude chilling out in the freaking desert in the middle of Tatooine, in you the know. Dune Sea or the oh, Junlin Wastes. <laughs> totally chill. It's the fine. Wastes Everything's not to be good. traveled lightly. Um here's the weapon that your father killed children with. Yeah, but you know what? Obi Wan is pretty like he's pretty friendly. In uh, A New Hope, you know, well, he's very he's very friendly in A New Hope, and especially considering the fa- the shit he went through in the Clone Wars, you know, especially even the you know getting into the ponder things, <laughs> the canon, 
of the cl- the the actual cartoon of the shit he went through. I don't see I don't I don't get how he's such a jolly old fart uh in the middle of the desert as a hermit. Uh you know, so Luke who knows? I don't I I want him to be positive. I want him to be oh, okay, finally I've been waiting for you. Let's get to work. I, I would like Ray to be something like, I want you to train me to be a Jedi. He goes, the Jedi, the Jedi need to end. I'm going to train you to be something better. Like something like that. Exactly. I, that's what I want to hear. Someone who can resist the dark side because you tread the line between good and bad. You're a normal person with human emotions. People get angry. It doesn't mean they're the yeah. dark side. It just means they're pissed for a moment. It's like I, just in the past couple of weeks, uh, in the past couple of months, I read this book by a, a, a doctor, this Susan David, called Emotional Agility. And Emotional Agility is all about recognizing uh, our negative emotions for what they are and realizing that we have evolved as humankind despite these negative emotions and, and in most times – because of these negative emotions. So you have to realize that, you know, anger, fear, hate, surprise, all these things that we go through as humans are natural. We have to recognize them. We have to, uh, and then act on them accordingly. So it's just, you, everything isn't flowers and sausages. So, Let's just recognize that there's shit that goes down. Yeah. And let's face it. And that's essentially what the Jedi need to become. Exactly. They need to be human. There shouldn't be like, oh, we don't have keep possessions. No, no, that's fine. You guys can have possessions. You can have a wife. You can have kids. Yeah, they're they're not Gandalf the White. You know, they're just... They're... Force-sensitive people, and you're you're a person. And I guess you're right about the trailer that when I was watching it, there wasn't like some cloaked figure that looked really badass and it was like, who is that? Or anything like that. So maybe that part didn't get me excited. I don't know. I do want to see a flashback to Luke losing his Jedi and... I think we get a touch of that. We, you know, we get that wide shot of him with what seems to be the Knights of Ren walking through the rubble of what could have been the Jedi Temple. Yeah, he's there with R2 and you see a flaming building or something. And I want to know, why didn't they kill Luke? Or maybe... They tried to. He killed all the Knights of Ren and Kylo Ren got away. I don't know. Because they obviously aren't anywhere around him. You know. They aren't surrounding Kylo Ren in A Force Awakens. So they're not around. Maybe Luke killed them all. Yeah. I. This is something that we're just going to have to figure out. Yeah. I'm excited to get more of that story. Uh, it looks like there's those cool uh, desert ships that have the little thing dragon on the ground, and there could be imperial walkers in the distance or something like those. That's yeah, cool. they look larger than imperial walkers. 
Yeah, and I, you know, I don't necessarily need, you know, everybody gauges Empire Strikes Back as the best middle movie or talking about any franchise oh is it like empire strikes back or something like that and that's cool i want this to be its own thing ryan johnson is right has written and directed it i expect something good out of him i expect something great out of him uh and i, hope- I expect adrian brody to show up in this thing come on <laughs> I, you know, I'm excited about it. I'm just, you know, when I first watched the trailer, I kind of had more of a, oh, oh, yeah, exactly. Because they didn't show much. It wasn't like at the last celebration when I remember the moment being outside in the rain building the chicken coop and them broadcasting the trailer or the teaser live for the first time from celebration and me tearing up. Yeah. That was the second teaser though. That was the chewy. Oh. We're home one. Oh, okay. Chewy. We're home. Remember it was like Thanksgiving yeah, yeah, yeah. day or the day before Thanksgiving or something. Or no, it was like Thanksgiving morning. Wasn't it when they showed the last, the, the first force awakens teaser where it's just Finn pops into frame. And you don't see much of anything, but you do see the millennium Falcon in that cool 360 degree camera move. And it goes, yeah. boom, done. And it was l- the force awakens. And it was like, Holy shit. You know, I have a, Skinned. Whereas this one, I'm just kind of still slightly sleeping. Yeah, I'm not. You, I'm not. I'm not asleep. I mean, but I'm like I in- am excited. Of course, it's a new Star Wars thing. I just was like, okay, why aren't I jumping up and down? Is it because I'm excited about Mystery Science Theater at the same time, or <laughs> do I have conflicting? Just because the trailer is very subdued, it doesn't give us anything. It gives us no story. It just, it's like, hey guys, remember these characters? Hey guys, remember this crazy Irish island that we ended up on the last one? Yeah, it, you know, it's just there's nothing, there's nothing here. It's a, it's a minute and forty two seconds of little flashes. Yeah. And, you know, we see different stuff there, you know. Uh, I don't know what else to say. We see a lot of water. We see a lot of caves. We see some books with a weird source of light shining down on them. We see what looks to be uh, a rebel or resistance logo slightly covered in dust we see a cool shot of kylo ren twisting his lightsaber which i was expecting him to have a an entire new lightsaber in this film yeah well you know maybe that's like him turning the gun sideways i don't know but i mean didn't you expect him to have a new lightsaber by now like the other one broke or he lost it i expected him to have a new lightsaber and a new mask Mm -hmm. like i didn't expect to see him unmasked in the teaser which is cool. And we also see his mask smashed. Yeah. Smashy, smashy. That thing is destroyed for some reason. Maybe I have a feeling he's the one who smashes it out of anger. But also, I think he's got to have multiple masks. You know, he probably goes through those quite a bit. The one that he had in The Force Awakens got pretty worn. But if you remember, he drops it on the bridge where he kills his father, Han. And then all hell starts breaking loose and he walks off the bridge. That yeah. mask had to have fallen into uh, 
and been destroyed. There's no the way, way he picked that that's up. That's what this shot is from, from it falling off that bridge and smashing on the ground right next to Han's <laughs> dead body. Like, dead body. <laughs> yeah. Just, just completely gibbed body from falling hundreds of feet through the air. That shot of Ray's hand on the ground and the little rocks are kind of floating up reminds me too much of Superman <laughs> in the yeah. Batman v Superman or whatever. <laughs> no, but I'm kidding. Uh, of course, that's awesome. I'm the most excited about Luke's bookshelf. I got to see these books he's got on his shelf, Bill. I want to know what's on his to read list. Well, there's definitely some Clifford C-Mac. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's might be one or two Stephen King books there. Let me ask you, is Dianetics on his shelf? No, but oh, self-analysis is. Self-analysis, okay, that's good. You know, he, he needs to analyze up. things. Or, or keep Scientology working could be there. You know, at one point he was like, I need to work on my whininess. And he probably got that licked eventually, you know? Uh, well, he cleared himself. He crossed the bridge to total freedom. He's now a he's in, he's like OT ten or OT fifteen. I want to know. I want to know more. I want to know where Luke is in his philosophy. I want to know where they're going to go with this. Mm-hmm. I'm super. You know, I'm super excited to see story wise where we're going. It just I don't like teasers. Like I don't. I, I've kind of come to that conclusion just in the past two years that it's like, you know, and it's so funny before we started talking today, they released the teaser for Kingsman, the golden circle. Mm-hmm. And it's literally five to 10 seconds long and just about 50 frames of different shots from the film. And that's it. Right. Well, there's like, good teasers and bad teasers. Like the Thor Ragnarok one, that's a good teaser. That gets us pumped up. Teaser. Maybe that, that is an amazing teaser because it sets the tone. Mm-hmm. That was there's no tone set for the Last Jedi. There's just a yeah. There's no not, there's no tone. There's no feeling. There's no like you guys just went through this emotional journey. In the Force Awakens, we've brought you back into the world, brought you back into the fold. Some some very dear characters to us, you know, or a very dear character to us, met their fate. Right. And now, where can we go from here? Instead, it was just like a travelogue of a teaser. Jedi, maybe not the best thing. Yeah. So, yeah, we're it's 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 a teaser in the most pure sense. Luke was trained to be a Jedi, and he took on his father, Darth Vader, and the Emperor. That ended. Apparently, things didn't all get better. So now here's Ray comes along, and we have the super powerful Kylo Ren. And we don't know who Snoke is exactly. We know he's a force of evil. What is there? plot what is their plan are they going to train ray to now take on snoke they we need something more i don't want luke to die in this i want him to keep going on in the movies right we don't yeah. need to kill off the old generation obviously you know it's sad carrie fisher passed away so we know not much more is going to happen with leia after this film because this was her last role right 
So uh, they better keep Luke around for a while. I don't want him to be some guy who just uh, dies, you know. No, Luke Luke needs to be the guiding force of the series from this point forward. He needs to be Yoda, you know? I think it would be a severe misstep for them to pull the (laughs) Yoda thing with Luke. Like I, he needs to be the anchor of the series now. Right. We no longer have Han. We have we've been introduced two characters like uh, Maz Kanata. We've, but we need to have that anchor. Yeah, she ain't no Yoda though. Yeah, she's no Yoda. She's just. You know, she's basically the Han Solo version of Yoda. I want to see Luke reunited with R2, of course. Then I want to see Luke and Chewbacca hug. Yes. And I, quite frankly, I want to see Luke see this to the end. Mm -hmm. Like, something happened. He went into exile for... Whatever reason, I want to. I want to hear that explained. I want to see him. I want to see this shit to the end. By the end of this series, I want to see Luke facing off with Snoke. Yeah, and ending it. I want there to be an epic reveal of who Snoke is, and it's somebody we know of from before, and we're like, holy shit. Yeah, like, holy shit, that makes total sense now. What if Snoke is Grand Admiral Thrawn, Bill? That would be pretty awesome, actually. Because they've introduced him in the... (laughs) I don't think he'd be as old as he is, though, would he? Well, I mean, he could age. Yeah, he could be I don't know. I forget what... he's. Is he Chiss? Yes. Is that... Okay, yeah, so... Pull that one out of my I want to see Luke and Leia reunited in this because if they didn't yeah. do it and they were waiting for the next movie, they blew it. Yeah. I mean, they had no idea what was going to happen, but still at the same time, it's sad. I definitely want to see them uh, reunited. Yeah, there needs to be the, the, the reunion. There needs to be that closure. I, I, I just, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. You know, too, I'm... Yeah. I'm a Star Wars geek. I I love it. I just want live for Star I, Wars. I want this story to be told properly. Like I love I love what they did with Rogue One. Very disappointed with the with what they did for the Rogue One Blu-ray and have decided not to buy it initially. What, what's that? What's that? Well, I don't like that they pulled the shit where we have hours of footage you know in a completely different story i i kind of wanted like okay here's here's a and i'm sure it'll come out i'm sure the edition will come out where it's this is star wars this is what we started with this is what we ended with and here's everything in between Oh, like I want to see, see like a true see... Blu-ray edition of the evolution of a story oh, from and like deleted from footage, and stuff. deleted footage, and all that stuff. Yeah, I want to see why they chose to go in the direction they went to. Uh-huh. I want to see the imperfections. I I, I really like what we got with Rogue One. I just want to see what we could have had with Rogue One. I think eventually we'll probably see more of that stuff. And I, and I know we will. That's why I didn't, you know, I have 
I can't even. What was the last Blu-ray that I actually bought? Like any more, I'm just renting stuff. Yeah. Digitally, I'm renting stuff. One, because I'm just, I don't have time. Uh, I'm not, I don't have my home theater set up. You know, I don't, so I'm not really enjoying anything. Like, like if I, if I had my home theater set up and I was, and I had, the opportunity I would totally probably be buying things that I truly enjoy, but, uh, I, I, I will hold off. You like know, what? I, honestly, I, the last Blu-ray I probably bought was the force awakens. Yeah. I almost bought rogue one. I saw it at the grocery store and they had Blu-rays and I was like, eh, I'll get it later. I was like, I'm in no rush to buy it and not be able to watch it right now. I yeah. will get it for Father's Day or something. I can wait. I've seen the movie twice in the theater, and we t- talked about it on the show. And okay, and I do want to see it again, but I don't. I I have gotten past that whole must own Blu-rays thing. <laughs> I didn't buy Doctor Strange on Blu-ray, and I wanted yeah. to, and I was like, you know what? I'll wait. It'll it'll come on HBO. I don't really need it. I I guess maybe I've just gotten to that spot where I'm like, I don't need to collect everything. You know, I don't need to have this. But yeah, you know, and it's funny to to kind of evolve in that that kind of stage where like I that moment where it was like I have to get to Best Buy, I have to buy the Blu-ray, yeah. I have to get home, I have to turn down the lights and I have to absorb. Like I would still love to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But there's a point now where it's like now that experience for me is based at the cinema. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like that's, that's when, that's when it's happening for me. Whenever I go to the theater and sit down and absorb Logan, like just lose myself in amazing storytelling. Yeah. Uh, and I don't do that as much at home anymore. Like it's become, it's funny how it's become more event, more of an event for me to go to the theater and kind of absorb Logan or see Get Out and just be blown away mm-hmm. by what I just saw. And you know, uh, remember when the Force Awakens theatrical version came out on Blu-ray? They did later on re- release a Blu-ray with more stuff and like which i haven't bought and i should because i've seen it multiple times i did buy the the theatrical version for the documentary that was on it i was like i gotta see that documentary when you throw in a documentary i gotta watch it you know that gets me excited I, i do want that the the addition with the 3d and the you know the 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 big box i would love to have that so I got to say this about The Last Jedi. Can't wait to see the film. Can't wait to see a full-blown teaser. Uh, uh, no, a full-blown trailer. Yes. The teaser, it's neat that it came out. I was expecting to be blown away. I wasn't. But maybe that's good. I don't need to be blown away over everything. I don't need to be like, oh, my God. You know, yeah. I watched it with Heather and Emma, and they both turned to each other. They go, goosebumps feel my arm and i was like oh my god they got goosebumps why didn't they, i get goosebumps i did not get goosebumps yeah i didn't either what the hell i got goosebumps over thor going yeah to the hulk <laughs> yeah 
you know, I talk about on the trailer react. I I like a trailer when endorphins are released. You know, yeah, that's when you have a sign of a good trailer. There were no endorphins released in this trailer. No, and not at all. It bumps yeah. me out, but I'm just going to wait. Maybe I'll be rewarded later. I can't wait to see what Ryan Johnson does with this. He better blow me away because I've watched Looper more than once now, and it's not as good on subsequent viewings. Okay? Yeah. No, it's not. It's uh, It doesn't hold up. Jogo Levitt's makeup is ridiculous in that film. It's really, really bothersome. Like, the kid, it pulls you out of the film. The little Damien Omen kid who has powers is a silly plot device that I'm not sure works anymore. When yeah, I watched it again, maker. I was watching it on, like, uh, FX or something, and Heather was watching it, and I go, you know what? And she's like, what? And I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not yeah. working for me. I like this movie when we saw it at the theater. I think I even we even recorded our thoughts on it. It's like, yeah, it was really good and stuff. But I'm watching it now, and I'm like, you know what? This is dumb. I don't know. It just wasn't working for me anywhere. Yeah, it, it, it it's funny that, uh, you know, I remember whenever it came out, and people were like, man, this is the best sci-fi since Moon. This is, which still holds up. I just watched Moon. It's a great movie. Like, and it is fan-freaking-tastic. It is a great science fiction film. Uh, still holds up. Looper? No. It looks great, though. It does look great. Yeah, except it does for, look great. You know, I agree. I think for that makeup. You know, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it... It's it's a great idea. It's still it's still really you know great kind of Philip K. Dick. Yeah, the storyline is intriguing, and you know what, Ryan Johnson did not have the hover bike budget he does with Star Wars in that movie. No, no. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what Ryan Johnson does. For me, Ryan Johnson will always be. Brick. Brick and the Brothers Bloom. Brick is a great film. You know, Still I just up. hope he brings that essence, that storytelling essence uh, to the Star Wars universe. Yeah, I think he's a strong filmmaker. I'm excited to see that. Bill, what do you say I give you, you know, after the trailer hit, Star Wars Celebration, Star Wars news everywhere. I thought maybe I'd read you some of these stories. Please. One of them I thought was actually kind of hilarious about George Lucas, and the way it's worded, it just comes out wrong to me. I'm like, "Uh, that sounds a little weird. Okay. Well, he gave this speech at Star Wars Celebration, and the way the story's written, this is on Polygon, the video game site, and it says... Oh, and they're very, they're always very, very impartial. Yes, very much. George Lucas reiterates Star Wars is for 12-year-olds. 12-year-olds calls out mean critics. Okay, that's what the headline says. Okay, so I'm like, oh, i got to click on this, this clickbait. Star Wars creator George Lucas took the stage at Star Wars Celebration today to remind people that the series has always been for children. Lucas told Warwick Davis, who is a child himself, no, he's not. He's an adult now. What are they talking about? Okay, wait, I added what, that. Did, wait, did they tell? Did he tell him whenever he was shooting Return of the Jedi? 
Like, was he like, he was like, yeah, Warwick, I know that you've got reservations about being in an Ewok suit. And I know it's kind of goofy and you're only 12 years old. Hey, kid, I'm trying to sell toys. All right. Shut yeah. up. Shut up. Fox was stupid enough to give me the merchandising for this. <laughs> yeah. Lucas told Warwick Davis, who is moderating the event's opening panel, that Star Wars was always intended to be enjoyed by 12 year olds. That's the third time they've told us in this story. He went on to. I just want to reiterate it. Yes. He went on to admonish critics for being mean. And he talked about what Star Wars stands for in his mind. Friendship. (laughs) What 12 year old doesn't sit around and talk about talk to their friends about like separatists and trade federations and senate hearings and (laughs) he says friendships honesty trust doing the right thing living on the right side and avoiding the dark side lucas said those are the things it was meant to do they're totally like pulling what he says out of context to fit their article. Lucas said <laughs> that while certain fans and critics can be overly critical with the prequel trilogy garnering overwhelming negative attention in particular, seeing children enjoy the movies that he's created is a reminder on why he started to begin with. Lucas brought up a memory from shooting a scene from one of the prequel movies in Spain and seeing thousands of Star Wars fans line up to meet him. Okay, this is where it comes out wrong, the wording. Okay, there were all these tiny kids, Lucas said. There, they were all reaching their hands out, and they had no idea what was happening, but they all wanted, all they wanted to do was touch my hand. That's all I ever wanted, and it reminds me why I continue to do it. Ew. So it sounds like he created Star Wars so little kids would want to touch him? Uh, yeah. Nah, I don't George, think so. George. You gotta think about what you're saying, buddy. <laughs> that's not... That's. I mean, I granted, out possibly out of context, but that that sounds a little... Um, I think all... You know, I think like, what he said in, in the Star Wars thing is he created Star Wars for... To be worshipped by children as a god. Yes. To see 3PO to their Ewoks. Oh. Oh. Well, of course, you know, immediately after the the teaser came out, people were like, oh, what planets are these? Tell me the names of these planets. I gotta know. So it's Star Wars Celebration. You know, Ryan Johnson might have told us some places. Even though it means nothing to us, Bill. Okay, planet herpes. (laughs) This coming from Comic Book Resources. The Last Jedi's new planet has a name. (gasps) As you've undoubtedly noticed by now, the teaser trailer has arrived for The Last Jedi, and with it arrives the first glimpse of a new planet. Speaking with Entertainment Weekly of See What Comic Book Resources did, they they just got their information from Entertainment Weekly. Way, Way to go. Speaking that's, with Entertainment Weekly director that's journalism, <laughs> that Ryan, is online journalism. Yeah, great stuff. What a scoop! We're not a blog that's just repurposing other <laughs> yeah, people's they're, writing. They're basically doing what I'm doing on this show. They're reading somebody else's I, story. I want to know who Entertainment Weekly got it from. Like, I want to follow like the aggregate line down yeah. the path. Where did this source originate? Director Ryan Johnson revealed a few details about this world named Crate. 
That's right. Not spelled like crate dragon, Bill, but C-R-A-I-T, crate. Oh, I thought it was C-R-A-T-E, like milk crate. No. Now, this is what Ryan Johnson says about the planet. Write this down. You want to reference this later. It's way out there. It's uncharted, he said. It's a mineral planet, so there are mines on it. The filmmaker was also keen to highlight Crate's beautiful design elements, although whether he's referring to the trailer sequence of the speeders kicking up clouds of red dust is yet unclear. Perhaps most crucial of all, Johnson stated there is an old rebel base on Crate that's now abandoned. It ends up playing a key role in the movie, and you'll just have to wait to see why. Oh, you. Because it has a moon called Barrel. And it's filled with furniture. Oh, Crate and Barrel. Oh, yeah. Okay, Bill, that was another story. Was that story worth reading? Uh, yeah, because now we know that it's not called Jakku. That's right. Still worth bombing, though. Okay, here's another story. This from Uproxx. What the heck is written on Finn's medical pod in the Last Jedi trailer? This story, brought, this story brought to you by Donna Dickens. Like any fandom, Star Wars has levels. The majority of fans love the movies, and that's where it stops. Maybe they buy some toys or t-shirts. That's totally cool. There's no wrong way to love fandom. But then there are fans who also watch the television series and it just keeps layering from there okay where are they going with this the fans who read all the books who play the tabletop role-playing game who know about the expanded universe then there's the pedantic jerks who translate star wars written languages of arabesh looking for clues about the franchise i'm one of those jerks so when star wars the last jedi showed finn inside what looked to be a medical pod with Ar- arabesh all over it am i saying that right bill yeah, yeah. my immediate thought was what does that say Lucasfilm was clearly clearly hoping no one would ask that question because the answer appears to be hilariously lazy. Now, to be fair, I couldn't translate the entire thing because the text is red and translucent, but what I could make out, complete gibberish. It says A-D-S-F-A-F-G-H. Someone just smashed on the keyboard and hoped no one would notice, but I did. To be fair, there was at least one real word on the pod. The top right bit states, stable. So at least we know Finn is stable, which is good news. That's the end of the story, Bill. Aren't you glad you clicked on it? Oh, my God. I feel so enlightened. Okay, Bill. Now, we know that with Episode Eight, there will then be another anthology film next year, which will be the Han Solo solo film i I, the the han solo solo film yes but people are like but what about episode nine you haven't said anything about other anthologies a lot of people are saying i wonder if you and mcgregor would be willing to do an obi-wan movie like the years on tatooine which i think might be fun that could be cool right absolutely we've talked about it for a while well guess what entertainment weekly went and asked you and mcgregor what he thought about that and here's what you have to uh, hear about it. I'm not really wording these very well. <laughs> Lucasfilm CEO Kathleen Kennedy said this week that Disney might announce the next Star Wars anthology this summer. 
While the interests have been claiming for a while that the next standalone film in a galaxy far, far away, oh, I was waiting for somebody to do that, will likely focus on Obi-Wan Kenobi, there's been exactly zero confirmation. And Mr. Kenobi himself, Ewan McGregor, what does he have to say? There's no official offer, and I haven't met them about it or anything, McGregor tells EW, but I've always said I'd be happy to do it if they wanted to do it. It would be a good seg between the last episode of the prequels and the new episodes. I think they've got films to make until the 2020, so I don't think it's going to happen soon, if it happens at all. Here's what Kennedy of MTV said when asked about the next anthology title. I think we're getting close. <laughs> no, Kathleen Kennedy. Here's what oh, I thought you were like Kennedy from MTV. I was. I was being silly. Here's what <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy told MTV when asked about the next anthology title. Here's like, what holy shit. What does she know about Star Wars? She's still around? I think we're getting close. My hope would be to announce something sometime around the summer. I never want to predict the creative process because it's its own thing. So we're in the midst of those discussions right now. As McGregor, oh, yeah, we don't have this shit lined up for 15 years like the Marvel Cinematic Universe did. <laughs> yeah. No, not As at McGregor all. As points out, Disney has Star Wars titles lined up for the next several years, though it's actually not too soon to announce another. The Last Jedi comes out on December 15th. The standalone Han Solo film is coming out May 25th, 2018, and then Episode 9 will debut sometime after that. But Disney seems to be looking for another standalone idea for 2020. And they've what got the, nothing. What people don't know is that Ewan McGregor has already shot the Obi-Wan film. He did it, I Whoa. think, in 2015. It's called Last Days in the Desert. Oh. And, yeah, and he plays Jesus and Satan. Holy shit. So, so it's like, yeah. It's it's already there. It's that's just just watch it and go this is Tatooine and this is Obi-Wan. He calls himself Jesus now and for some reason he keeps appearing to himself as Satan. That so that's very interesting. Yeah, just watch that. <laughs> well, Bill, I don't know if you know about this but a young Han Solo alien revealed in Star Wars Force for Change video. Have you heard about this? I have not. We just got a surprise look at a new creature. Oh my god. From the young Han Solo movie, the alien looked surprised too. In a new video for the Force for Change charity drive, Warwick Davis gives a not very interesting tour of the upcoming Star Wars, wow, they really say that, standalone parking lot and vending machines before cutting to a feed of the film's directors, Philip Lord and Chris Miller. Lord is eager to show off the cool set and alien extras, so he spins the camera to reveal one multi-eyed being relaxing on a staircase. Miller immediately spins the camera back, but not before the creature blinks many times over in amazement. It's just a tease of the 2018 movie, which will tell the story of Han Solo in his teens and his early 20s when he first meets Chewbacca and acquires the Millennium Falcon. They don't know any of this for sure. No, of and, course And it also they has don't. Lando Calrissian. Who knows if the creature is a major character or just a background dressing? Let me stop you right there. He's background dressing. Remember that alien creature that walked on to J.J. Abrams talking? Where was he in The Force Awakens? He's walking in the background. In the background, yeah. One person said, It looks like a distant cousin to a three-eyed alien Gran, first seen in Return of the Jedi. 
The video is part of the current Force Awakens Force for Change charity fundraiser, which has a past, present, and future theme aimed at celebrating the galactic 40th anniversary. Okay, they're just confusing me here. So anyway, uh, if you want to watch that video, Bill, you'll see a glimpse of the new alien. It looks like I'm just, looking at it. It's just sitting on it's sitting on stairs, and it looks like it looks like one of those aliens that we've seen before, except its winner. eyes are now vertical instead of horizontal. Yeah, it looks like just a distant cousin of another alien, doesn't it? Yeah. Which is not uncommon in the Star Wars universe. There was the uh, the Mon Calamari and the shit. There was another uh, species that it was like a cousin of the Mon Calamari that were also water-based. I can't even remember. Now, Bill, was this worth doing a story about? No. That's what I thought. Okay, now, Bill, I don't know if you knew this, but some people were getting pissed. Word, rumors were coming out that Han Solo isn't Han's real name. It's like another name. He has an original name, and we find out where he gets the name Han Solo. So it's a nom de plume? Yeah. So people are like, this is bullshit. He's Han Solo. Well, Lucasfilm president clarifies Han Solo's name controversy in this article. A little bit of a pre-release movie teasing could be a good thing in this day and age, encouraging potential moviegoers who are on the fence to make their trek to their local theater and discover the true name. Okay, God. We get it. You can stop right there. Of course, a tease can go horribly awry, Bill. Such was the case earlier this year when Disney CEO Bob Iger hinted that the upcoming Star Wars Han Solo standalone prequel film would establish that the infamous smuggler's name is not Han Solo. Now, though, Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy has walked that claim back, though. So she was like, what did you do, Bob? Oh, my God. Okay, guys, let me clarify this. Kennedy extinguished fans' fear, fears at this week's Star Wars celebration, the annual Orlando-based convention that's, okay, we know what it is, okay? Yeah. And speaking with MTV, Kennedy, oh, there she is again, made it clear <laughs> that she doesn't think Iger's comments means that the upcoming film will establish a new name for Solo. I'm not sure that's entirely what Bob meant, Kennedy said. There's more to Han Solo's name, but it's not that it's not his name. It's obviously his name. It will always be his name. Oh, okay. Iger's initial comments, which came earlier this year at the University of Southern California's tech conference, offered one of the first concrete looks at the overall plot of the yet-titled Han Solo film. Such events include the rogue's first meeting with his companion. Oh, here we go again. Chewbacca, the discovery of the Millennium Falcon, and when he meets Lando Calrissian. The film picks up with Han Solo when he was 18 years old and takes him through when he was 24, said Iger. There are significant things that happen in Han Solo's life, like acquiring a certain vehicle and meeting a certain Wookiee. Oh, spoiler alert. Come on, dude. But you also discover how he got his name. Oh, and people are like, what? But Kennedy says that Star Wars fans... might ease knowing that Han Solo, one of the movie franchise's most popular characters, is actually Han Solo. But the revel- revelation... I think what he means is how he got his reputation, is what he's trying to say there. Do you think that's what he's trying to say? Yeah. People are dumb. I can't read any more of this or cause me physical pain. I think the Wookiee that he actually meets is Itchy, the uh, <laughs> itchy. The, the the grandfather of uh, oh. or the father of Chewbacca. Nice. Well, yeah, Bill, then, 
If you're a comic book fan and you wondered, well, how did Captain Phasma get off that planet before it blew up? Mar- Marvel is publishing a Captain Phasma series to bridge The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. <laughs> oh, wow! Marvel and Lucasfilm are teaming up for a new Star Wars miniseries to help fans bridge the period between the ending of The Force Awakens and Ryan Johnson's upcoming The Last Jedi. The comic book publisher made the announcement yesterday confirming its newest Star Wars comic would focus on Captain Phasma. Star Wars Captain Phasma will run four issues and explore how the captain of the First Order made her daring escape from Starkiller Base. Oh my god, I gotta pick this up, Bill. Captain Phasma will launch in September, just a few months ahead of The Last Jedi. Lucasfilm launched a similar comic before the release of The Force Awakens that explored some of the characters being introduced in J.J. Abrams' film. Following the release of the film, Lucasfilm and Marvel have released a couple of other Star Wars comics. One of the most popular focused on the beloved Resistance fighter Poe Dameron. Star Wars The Last Jedi will be released on December 15th. Awesome! Excited? I mean, I would, I, I'd read it. I mean, I'm curious. Did you see? I, I retweeted this one person. It says, uh, their fan fiction that they hope is true that Captain Phasma is the little blonde girl from the Ewok movies. <laughs> oh my god, that would be brilliant. <laughs> I was like, oh, dude, that would work. That's awesome. Okay, Bill, here's some video game news. I don't know if you've seen this, but there was a trailer for Star Wars Battlefront. A lot of people were disappointed by the original Star Wars Battlefront because there wasn't a solo campaign and it seemed rushed to production. This one, Star Wars Battlefront 2, they have a solo campaign where you're the bad guy. That's right. Star Wars Battlefront 2 will give players a different perspective on the enduring conflict between the evil empire and the scrappy rebellion. While the vast majority of the Star Wars video games are played from the viewpoint of their heroic rebel alliance or the Jedi, in this year's sequel to Star Wars Battlefront, players will take on the role of an elite special forces soldier in the Imperial Navy. That might be a hard task, drumming up sympathy for the genocidal space Nazis of the Star Wars universe. Okay, calm down. Establishing a new hero who wants nothing more than to crush the Rebellion and avenge the Emperor. But developers, DICE, and Motive Studios apparently fill up to it, and their pitch for Star Wars Battlefront II's single-player campaign, which is canon according to Lucasfilm, is intriguing. Mark Thompson, game director at EA's Motive, said the Battlefront 2 team wanted to go beyond the heroic stories of the Rebellion to explore the new front lines of war. We wanted Mm -hmm. to give the Empire heroes in the same way, Thompson said during a preview event at the Star Wars Celebration, who are elite soldiers on the battlefield who will strike fear into the Rebels. Who are the elite pilots that kids growing up as citizens of the Empire look up to and aspire to be? Do we really need to see this, Bill? Yeah, because I've always wanted, like, you know, to be inspired by what technically is fictional Nazi propaganda. <laughs> yeah. Like, said, I mean, come on. This we, is, <laughs> I know. We, are we really going there? We settled on the idea of telling a story from the Imperials perspective the idea of special forces soldiers gave us this chance to become a new hero okay here's what i'm predicting just like finn your character will see the error of their ways and switch sides they go oh my god i'm part of a xenophobic 
group of weirdos i can't wait we're just murder people for no reason because they're not like us i what i'm a hero i how many people have this hero murdered in the name of the empire yeah i don't want to kill these ewoks no the story of Battlefront 2 picks up right after Return of the Jedi. The elite Imperial Special Forces group that Thompson's referring to, known as the Inferno Squad, witnessed oh. the destruction of the Death Star 2 from the forest moon of Endor. They vow revenge on the rebels, who are seen as terrorists who threaten peace in the galaxy. It was the idea of the explosion of the Death Star 2 is seen as a victory. That's how it's framed, a celebration. But Motive Studios wanted to turn that victory into a loss for its main characters to strengthen and reinforce their imperialistic beliefs and make them think, I want to avenge the Emperor. In Battlefront 2, players will primarily take on the role of Inferno Squad member Aiden Versio. Oh, okay, that rolls off the tongue. An elite TIE fighter pilot and spec op soldier who grew up believing in the Empire's vision. Aiden is voiced by voice actress Janina Gavankar. Oh, her? Was She was born and bred on Vardos, an entirely new planet in the Star Wars universe. We can just create them at will. We just make yeah, it up while we're point, at lunch. Yeah. Vardos, a sleek, sterile-looking world, represents the utopian vision of Empire rule. To Aiden and the citizens of Vardos, the Empire symbolizes structure, peace, and order. The Rebellion represents chaos and a terrorist organization. This sounds stupid. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds really dumb to me, Bill. Yeah, it's it's a little much. It's the a trailer looks like you can play Darth Maul, you can play Kylo Ren or whatever, and just fight in online battles. But they're creating this story. Uh, I don't know. I won't know till the game comes out. But it sounds silly. I want to play What's as the funny hero. is like I'm I'm reading like the the wiki Star Wars wiki for her. It's like Aiden saw the em- saw Emperor Palpatine as a great leader and was fiercely dedicated to the Empire, though she was not without her criticisms of it. Upon the fall of the Empire, she was willing to <laughs> dedicate the next 30 years of her life to hunt down those responsible to avenge the Emperor rather than simply accept defeat. Ah, uh, she sounds like an idiot. Yeah, she does. She sounds like somebody who's caught up in the propaganda. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's not that's that's I don't know where they're going with this, but yeah, okay. I, I'd rather have a game where I play uh Ray or something, you know. Yeah. Why do I have to be this ignorant person? It's be like you play a brainwashed person who's in a uh cult. Yeah. <laughs> you oh totally my God, all that the sounds so much fun. You not only do you believe all the horse shit they tell you, you also give up all your possessions and you give them all your money and you cut off all communication with your family. It's like, oh and, wow, this game sounds so much fun. And then if you don't drink the poison Kool-Aid they tell you to, they shoot you. <laughs> it's like and that's how the game ends. Oh. Exciting. Yeah, I want to play Jonestown Massacre, the game. <laughs> yeah, this is stupid. God, yeah. why aren't we working for it? We need to talk to Kathleen Kennedy right away, Bill. We've got some yeah. more. We need our Antarian Rangers movie. Yeah, oh my God, do we ever. <laughs> we need to just hang around Corellia and kill kill rats. And, and, uh, and collect guns. Collect guns, build houses. 
I want there to be an Obi-Wan movie where he hunts crate dragons on Tatooine. And that's that where would... he learns a... And he collects pearls. He collects crate pearls. pearls. Exactly. So that he can make the most badass guns and lightsabers ever. <laughs> well, Bill, that's my final Star Wars story. That's awesome. Um, It's super exciting, isn't it? Well, we're getting there. You know, we're gonna have we'll have a we'll have a trailer soon, and we'll we'll have a little more. Um... We'll get a trailer sometime this summer, I bet. Like yeah, July we'll, or we'll get August. a trailer and we'll know what's going on. I yeah. just you know sometimes I get a little a little dismayed. I mean, I was really excited about the first Battlefront. I you know bought it and I think didn't I even send you a copy of it? Yeah, and yeah. It. <laughs> yes, it's fun. It was, it was like, oh, uh, my PlayStation Plus expired. Oh, I can't play this online without PlayStation Plus? Oh, shit. I think I played the practice levels. I never yeah, actually so did played I, an online I played the match. practice levels, and then I was like, okay. Um, but I've yeah. discovered, Bill, I need storyline. I need a story. Yeah. It's, it's incredibly important for me to get involved in a game that has something that engages me actively. I can't, like... I just can't do that thing where they make a game that is essentially multiplayer and then tack on this, complete these multiplayer levels uh, as a single player campaign. That's just not, I am a single player campaign guy. I've, you know, very rarely have we ever gotten really into something, uh, that was multiplayer. Like even, even the stuff like, like left for dead was very intimate. It was four of us Yeah. or, you know, we would get into battlefield, uh, the bad company, bad company was probably the closest I've gotten to that online gaming. I've when, never gotten into call of duty or any of that, but I did enjoy battlefield, bad company one and two. And I liked playing yeah. those online, but it never, I never got sucked into other games that way. No, no, not even Titanfall. And, you know, Titanfall was a lot of fun at first. It just didn't hold out for me. Um, now, but Bill, I, I thought it was funny the other day whenever I went to that used game store and saw their DVD rack and saw, like, ten copies of Righteous Kill. Yeah. And it made me flash right back to playing Battlefield Bad Company whenever they had the Righteous Kill billboards up. Yeah. Whenever started doing that in the multiplayer mode, putting ads in the multiplayer. And it was just, I just started cracking up going, man, you I missed I, that game. That was a righteous kill. That was a righteous kill, man. Righteous kill. Oh, Bill, I have one more Star Wars story. Okay. Disney survey hints at Star Wars hotel with lightsaber training. That's right. If your biggest complaint about hotels is that they aren't Star Wars themed, a recent survey on Disney's behalf points to the possibility of a very real Star Wars hotel experience. If they have Star Wars hotels, that's the only kind I would ever stay in, by the way. Yeah. According to Disney News, a survey guests take, I guess, includes concept art and many details of what the future could hold. Instead of merely sleeping and showering in an ordinary hotel room, the survey points to a fantastical future where guests would instead instead spend two nights not only staying in a replica starship, but living out an interactive Star Wars story. 
The story would run nonstop during the duration of the guest's stay and could include personal interactions with personal star wait personal interactions with Star Wars characters with participation in the story active or passive, depending on the guest's preference. In other words, you could either help the characters complete the story, or you could simply watch it all play out while you enjoy your buffet breakfast. (laughs) Uh, Both sound pretty exciting, honestly. Lightsaber training, flight missions, and personalized secret missions could also find their way into the Star Wars Hotel. Keep in mind, this is only a survey and represents the earliest levels of planning, but we needed to get you to click on this story, so we're reporting it right now. Oh, okay. I will say this. I'm totally on board with this. Yeah. I would totally go to a Star Wars hotel and just live life. It'd basically be like Westworld, only you're in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, as long as it like I go downstairs and it's like the, the cantina with like Max Rebo and shit playing... Oh I'd, my god, that would be awesome. I would I would I would be in heaven. And I could get like a blue milk latte. <laughs> yeah. Like one blue milk latte, please. And a guy's like, yeah. "Would you like a death stick?" Yeah. You don't want to sell me death. And then sticks. somebody would have to come up to me and tell me that uh they don't like me. He doesn't right. like you. <laughs> <laughs> I that don't like be... you either. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm a, I'm a wanted man. And 12 <laughs> systems. <laughs> oh God, I love right. that idea. All right, though. Doc. All right, I got it. Thanks. And then like, you know, since it's since it's basically like dinner theater, somebody comes up and then chops his arm off. <laughs> oh, I want this. I want this to, I want to live in this world, I, Bill. I know. I would I would pay good money to experience that. I mean, people pay for dinner theater. Let's have like a Star Wars dinner theater. I wanna I wanna spend a night in most Eisley. I want it. Alright, Bill, that's the end of our Star Wars news. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was great. Thank you. Good night. Here all week, try the veal. And But, Bill, it was so great to have you on the show again. It was so great to talk to you again after all this time. You too. of course, we're talking about our favorite subject, Star Wars. And I still feel guilty that I wasn't head over heels, jumping up and down. New Star Wars teaser! Oh, my God! We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. The next, the full trailer, that's when I'll go, oh, shit. Yeah, that's that's whenever we will all, there will be a collective sigh of relief. Endorphins released, full-on goose bumpage. I'll be ready. Now, guys, I want to thank all of you for listening to this ETL News. If you would, go to etlandfill.com. There you can check out all of the shows we've ever done and check out the archive. Also, you can think about becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash landfill, and you could help support the show that way. Bill, I don't know when I'll have you on next, but I can't wait till I can talk to you again about our favorite things like movies and video games. Sooner rather than later, I will start to uh, work on that. Because I've been just, I haven't been able to uh, separate and 
actually enjoy the things that I love to do. So I know. Yeah, I will start to. I will make an effort to uh, start to rejoin you guys as much as possible. And you know what, Bill? One thing I forgot to mention about Mystery Science Theater is they did this hilarious short video where they riffed uh, Stranger Things. The beginning. Yes, that was brilliant. That was so funny. I want to see them do riffs of like every Netflix show, like House of Cards or Orange is the New Black. Just like keep doing it. 13 think- Reasons Why. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I can't wait. Well, guys, what are you waiting for? Get out there, consume Star Wars, watch some TV shows, play some video games, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Well, that's it. Luke wants to end the Jedi, but wouldn't he have to kill himself to do that? Oh man, I think I just figured out what episode 8 is all about. Holy shit balls. Boring conversation anyway. Now this is podcasting.